Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Great Northeast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. This episode was recorded March 19th, 2015, right after class at my home academy, Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. This was recorded right after the 2015 PANS were held in Irvine, California. Some of the guys who you're going to hear in the podcast flew out to compete there, and they came back with some really fantastic stories. The class we took that night was with Jay Mansfield. Jay is a multiple-stripe black belt under Roberto Maya. Jay is a fantastic dude, an amazing jiu-jitsu mind, and he also has a pretty big personality. I think you're going to get to know Jay pretty well during the podcast. If you're interested in hosting an episode of the Great Northeast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Podcast from your academy, get in touch at greatnortheastbjj.com and I will set you up. All right, here we go. Hi everybody, my name's Duncan. I'm here with George and Abe. We're gonna be sponsored today by Tortuga Soap Company, handcrafted natural soap. See, I'm reading what you wrote me. Woo woo! Made for grapplers and everyone else. A wide variety of fantastic soaps. Tea tree soap, my favorite soap. I like the coffee soap. You like the coffee? Uh, let's see, what else you got? Lavender, goat's milk soap, French press. Who's milking the goat? Coffee Who is soap. Milking the goat? <laughs> is this a family podcast? No, it's oh, not a family it's not, it's podcast. Not. All right, so George is milking the goat. <laughs> With his mouth. With his mouth. <laughs> I didn't get any laughter. That's the only time he spits. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think the goat's milk comes from? <laughs> not the tea. Not the tea. <laughs> it's got a tea. I can milk it. That's not a female goat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to keep reading, okay? <laughs> You're doing great. Oh, thanks. Uh, lemongrass, tangerine, cinnamon, oatmeal, you get the idea. Uh, Tortuga Soap's actually uh, owned or co-owned by this man here, uh, George. Proprietor. Uh, proprietor, great. You can find him on the website at tortugasoap.com, uh, Etsy, and eBay. We're also sponsored today generously by Crash Kimonos. Independent key company, limited releases. That means no boring, mass-produced bullshit yees. These are... These guys design the gi, they announce it, you sign up, gi drops, they drop it on you. The most recent release, Flawless Victory, debuted at the 2015 Pan Ams. It was in San Diego, right? University of California, Irvine? Irvine, yeah. Irvine. Uh, worn by a number of Port City BJJ. Yep. Blue belt, purple belt, and black belt. Yep. We'll talk about a little more about that a little bit later on when we address the champ. CrashKimonos.net on the internet. For those of you who are not watching the video, we are uh, at Port City right now. We're actually on the mat. Just finished hard rolls. Everybody is slowly cooling off and crusting. That's probably the sound you hear right now. <laughs> They've all been staring at me this entire time I've been doing this too, so thanks guys. Uh, you guys are so, so pretty. Well, well, well thank you, man. I'm thank so you. Sorry. I appreciate that. The uh, subject today is Pan Ams 2015. This is the week after Pan Ams. Enough talking uh, from this face. Let's hand it over to George. George, why don't you introduce people here? We'll talk about some Pan Ams. You good? I'm good. Okay, go down the line. Go get them. So em. we got Donald, the Sasquatch, also known as the Champ. 
Next to him is Trevor, also known as Shredder. We got Adam, Pan Am competitor, new addition to Port City Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Big Woo, Jay, <laughs> Crash Kimonos, Abe, and the Chaperone. Al <laughs> was the chaperone. We were, and, and we got Casey over in the corner watching, shaking his head, <laughs> loving every minute of what's hey, going on here. That's okay. It's all oh, good. What was his nickname? We were like, nope, that's not going to work. He has the, he did, he shot oh, the nickname down. No, re rerun. Yeah. Because <laughs> Mulligan. You know, yeah, it was not accepted. It was not approved nickname. Mulligan? Uh, Mulligan, that's. Well. It was affiliated with Mulligan. Yeah. So what we really want to know, though, is what Al thought about the whole experience. Al is a chaperone to California, to this tribe of Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsuos. What, uh, what was the high point, Al? What do you think? Uh, there were a lot of high points. It was uh, probably one of the most, experiences, most uh, exciting experiences of my life. Uh, I went out there with a, with a group of guys that uh, made me very proud to be around not only for their competitive spirit uh you know but they're um they're we look good naked they look good naked I, I, I had to, <laughs> was that a surprise to you no i was kind of hoping that uh, <laughs> did you enjoy being around degenerates all week? uh let me yeah. tell you something. i enjoyed the companionship very very much i felt as if i was treated as an equal even though i'm older than most of their fathers <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I was very happy to be, to tag along. As I said, uh, I'm here for the ride. I'm glad to sit in the back of the bus. Uh, what you guys are doing awesome, and uh, I really appreciate it. Well, Al trains uh, pretty damn hard here. And uh, you haven't been here that long, man. But uh, you almost embarrassed the hell out of me today, so that's pretty good. <laughs> Luckily, I got the sweep in the end. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Whatever. You've How long been, have you been training now? It's about 10 months now. Nice. Awesome. Great. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good news. <laughs> this, is, this isn't an easy place to survive as a white belt, so... And it's awesome to have you, man. Thank yeah. you. You're a good part of the family. Thank For you. sure. I'm going to ask the same question pretty much to everybody here. So, uh, high point. One of, the, one of the high points of being there. Well, it was obviously, you know, the competition. <laughs> uh, that was the first time I ever experienced a jiu-jitsu competition to see it at that level. I can tell you that every time one of my guys were on the mat, uh, I, I was sweating, my heart was beating, I felt like I was out there with them. Uh, it was so exciting, and again, I was so proud of everybody that, uh, that competed there. How many days were you guys out there? We went out there on a Tuesday, returned on a Monday, so really we had Wednesday through Sunday in California. Right, and then how many uh, competition days were there, guys? Because not to yourself. Three, actually. Three? Or so it was Wednesday, Thursday, no, four. Yeah. For uh, people who don't know what we're talking about, again, we're talking about the 2015 PAN. They're actually called the PANS, right? Uh, I-B-J-J-F competition. So this is pretty much the big, what we'll say, big sanctioned tournament. Does that, that make sense? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, <coughs> the, the PANS and the, uh, and the Worlds are the largest jiu-jitsu tournaments in the world. So, and the IBJJF was breaking all kinds of records this year. Every, it seems like every event you know, break, broke the record of the previous one. but. They're saying this is the largest jujitsu event ever. I don't know if that ended up being true, but that was. Have you been to the Pans before? I have been. How many times? Uh, three times before. What years? Uh, 2004, 2006, and 2007, I guess. So I medaled, I got the bronze medal at Purple Belt and Brown Belt in 2006 and 2007. Mm -hmm. Nice. Not a gold one like champ over here. <laughs> we'll, we'll get over there. <laughs> it's all good. 
Uh, so, uh, so a, a little more of the scene. So, University of California, Irvine. How many? I, I saw the pictures. There are a lot of mats. This was not like a four-mat tournament. Twelve. No, mats. there's twelve mats, and it was really cool. The so this is probably the best run jujitsu tournament I've been to for a couple reasons. A, they really planned for the number of competitors that were going to be there. The other thing is that, um, and not just to keep pumping the IBJJF. Um, I mean, I like anybody. There's pros and cons to every organization, sure. of which there are many on both sides, but. Uh, they did this really great computer system that was uh, this application that was running the tournaments at the brackets, let you know what time you were going to go on, and it was almost it was within five or ten minutes. Uh, I don't know if you guys experienced the same thing, but if they said you were going at two, you were going at two. The brackets were up on the screens, and you could always look, and you knew like, oh, hey, there are five fights ahead of me. <laughs> this is the projected time I'm going to go. Wow. It was colored a different color depending on whether they had checked your gi and weighed you in or not. I mean, it was. Really progressive, really, really great way to manage the tournament. So you didn't have to depend like on a coach to tell you where to be and all that? Yeah, as long as you stayed looking at the screen, you could be updated every two seconds of what, exactly what time you're going to be stepping on the map. Wow. Did you have that same experience? Uh, we were fighting at Blue Belt, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Same, same experience. So yes. that's great. So it wasn't just like classy for the black belts and kind of whatever for no, everyone else. No, it was, and it, you knew what mat you were going to be on and what number of fight you were going to be that day. So basically if it was like said four o'clock, you didn't even have to start paying attention until 2.30. So Friday may have been the least productive day of my entire work <laughs> thanks to Donald Sasquatch and the bracket technology on the internet. Yeah. Like, and there was like literally like 10 people in text communication with me at all times as we're updating each other on the champ over here. It was like, it was so awesome, man. But so unproductive. Let's get right to it. So why don't you explain what you mean? So obviously Donald was in. So Donald, you were fighting? I fought in a Master One Super Heavyweight Blue Belt. Okay. What was it like for you from out here? What do you, what do you mean? So you, you were- So I was, I was at work, uh, which we will not name the names of the place because the productivity was surely slowed down. Um, so we could watch it online on the brackets. We couldn't watch obviously the matches, but you know, so we're trying to get Facebook updates from matches actually. Donald's, you could? I don't yeah, think you I, could watch I, Oh, was it just the black It was belts? just the black belts on the weekend. Just the last two days. Just yeah. the black belts. Yeah. So, but we watched uh, but so we had Facebook uh, between Facebook updates, brackets and uh and something else. Text we messages. Had. Text messages. Lots of texts. And faxes. There was faxes coming was through, I'm fax. sure. Was there any tele telegrams coming through? Fax there was uh, some Morse code. Some Morse code. Some telegraph situations. So we were all super pumped, man. We were all watching you. And uh, it was like, I don't know, how, Al, how you made it through the whole thing. Because I cannot, I would rather compete than watch my friends compete, man. Because it kills me to watch uh, people compete, man. It's like, I was losing my mind. By the way, uh, there, was, there was some uh, Morse code during uh, the champs matches, because there, there was a lot of tapping there going was some on. Tapping. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you went a long way for that. Yeah. 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 Seriously, he submitted three out of four opponents. It's awesome, man. He, yeah, he was unscored upon, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. What about the one that went to referee uh, decision? Yeah, that was a battle. So that was the third match. So it was me, uh, I don't remember the, the guy's name. Last name was Perez, I don't remember his first name. Um, but, you know, he was a, a big guy. I mean, super heavyweight is under 222, so he was probably right at 222, about six feet tall and just all muscle. So he was a big guy. Um, we were standing pretty much the whole entire time. Um, you know, it was just a battle back and forth, trying to get takedowns, trying to get sweeps, uh, you know, trying to hit singles, snap downs, whatever. So 
you know, that was the toughest match of all. And actually, I went back and watched the videos, and, and, and that was actually, even though as I was competing, I felt like I could have done things differently, I could have done this better, I could have done that better, and I thought that it was a boring match because we were standing the whole time. But when I went back and watched it, man, that was entertaining to watch. Like, we were just all over the place constantly, like, constant pressure, constantly, you know, one of us trying to go for this, one of us trying to go for that. Eventually, he he was the first one to uh, to get an advantage. It was actually the only advantage of the, uh, the tournament that I had against me. Um, he, he tried to get a takedown on me. Um, I went to the ground, popped right back up. He got an advantage, and then the roles were reversed. Uh, pretty shortly thereafter, I went for a takedown on him, got the advantage. Um, but the, ultimately, the, the referee decided that I was more aggressive um, and, and, you know, put the match to me instead of him. So, you know, just that constant pressure, just that constant battle. And he was tired, man, by the end of it. He was gassed. So How long were your matches? Uh, matches are five minutes for uh, Master Blue. So, uh, you know, it was just a... It was just Cla- a, a sprint, yeah. sprint yeah. for five minutes. But Donald showed a lot of heart in the end of that match. I mean, both both guys were tired from pushing each other around the entire time. And Donald, for the last minute and a half of that match, was really showing that he would, you know, knew that he had to be the aggressor in a tight match. And, you know, uh, the, the guy was from... Um, Drysdale's place. So Drysdale's on the other side. He's a behemoth. I was trying not to piss him off, but sitting there screaming at the ref, <laughs> trying to get things going our way. But uh, Donald was the one that you know at the at the end of the match. It was clear to me, at least, that he had been the aggressor, uh, particularly at the end of the match, which is when it counts. And so you know, I, I wasn't overly surprised when I raised your hand. Of course, I was like, because I knew it was tight. But Clenching bubble. Yeah, as much as I can. So this brings up an interesting thing that I thought about as I watched all the matches, on, you know, and all on Saturday and Sunday and whatever. And like how Sunday was cool, like they have three referees for each one, but it seems like with the IBJJF or whatever that there's a lot of like subjectivity or whatever that it's just up to the referee, man. That like. Um, Why are you looking at me? I don't know. <laughs> but you were the classic example of the Brazilian. You got screwed Brazilian style, man. I thought. I mean, Absolutely. honestly, like, I mean, I, I thought that went that way because that dude was Brazilian. I'm sure the guy's a cool guy. No, nothing against him, whatever. And everybody knows that that's how it goes. But it seems like, I don't know. Well, the reality is, is that you know, we, a lot of people have an opinion about, particularly not not as much about points, but about how advantages, advantages. are given. And, um, you know what I mean, any time that you leave it up to the refs to make a decision, i.e. any time you don't convincingly either score a ton more points <laughs> or you don't submit the guy, you leave it up to that kind of decision. And um, Alex Costa is a super tough guy, former world champion. Like, I, you know, definitely, you know, I'm happy that he was able to go on and win the gold medal. But Alex Costa was the person who took your dream away that one day. <laughs> that's, that's right. But I'm just, I'll get a little background. So. Yeah, sure. I mean, it was a super, super tight match, no matter what. Yeah. Um, he's got a super tight half guard and uh, pulled the half guard, and I almost passed a couple times, but he was able to replace it. And um, it was the first time in my competition career I've been the victim of a couple stalling penalties. I, you know, I looked. Did at you the know that he called them? Did you? I did. I knew it about thirty seconds left right. because he was. We were both pushing to kind of. I was trying to get my my knee through to slice through the pass, and uh, we were fighting for the underhook on the far side of his half guard. And uh, when I got a second to pick up my head, I saw I'd gotten a couple of stalling penalties. But I, when I looked up, there was a minute and a half left in the match, and I was winning. 
Because you had advantages. I had advantages, and um, you know, at the end of the day, um, I guess I, didn't, you know, I wasn't productive enough, and it's a bummer. Uh, Alex went on to destroy his next two opponents and get the gold. That's back. the thing. From my point of view, I'm not quite as involved in the whole tournament as obviously you were, uh, you were George, but. Um, you know, I think anybody who competed, any of us who have competed for over a long time in our, our lives, know that there's nothing worse than getting knocked out of a tournament, and then the next one, the guy just gets knocked out too, and you're like, "Fuck! Like, what the fuck was that all about?" All right. Your dude at least went on to become the champion. So, right. So I mean, maybe we could take a little bit of positive out of that. Right? Oh, and I'm and, I, and I'm super happy for him. Uh, well, it sounds like you know. Have you, Jay? Oh, yeah. Jay, what was his, the division that, that he took? Uh, black belt master two heavyweight. Cool. Um, yeah. So he looked hurt after your match. Yeah. Um, there was a there's a there's a deep half uh, session where like he was in deep half and the, the free arm I was trying to uh, kimura that arm and I pulled the elbow to my to my chest pretty tight at one point and I think that's that's what tweaked it but he was able to come back. He was definitely if you watch his next couple matches that that was a, a lingering injury. In fact, I didn't you know we we traded. Uh, messages and I thought maybe he wasn't going to continue but showed up he was a uh, real champion about it and Alex is the uh, the head instructor at Gracie Baja Back Bay uh, close friend to Roberto you know Roberto uh, helped Alex when Alex came uh, over uh, from Brazil so Alex is a super nice guy I I'm really happy that he was able to get the gold medal I mean obviously competitively I wanted to win I trained a long time for that competition I felt like um, you know, I'm just as good as any guy on that day. You showed that you were, you know, just as good as so any guy out there. These things happen, but yeah. I'll tell you, was you know, I, I was gonna kind of go out and compete at the Pan Ams and and you know, win my gold medal and kind of call it a day just to prove to myself that I could still do it. So this has opened the uh, the floodgates uh -oh. for me. So I'm I'm definitely gonna compete at the Boston Open next next month, and um, I'm starting to train right away for the. Uh, for the uh, Masters Worlds in, in, in Vegas up in September, so. Mm. So, so from my unseasoned eye, I, it, it appeared to me that Jay dominated, Jay, Jay dominated the entire match. But I guess what made me really proud was the leadership he exhibited afterwards. He went on, he, he actually helped coach his opponent, and he, and he, nice. and he rooted for him for the rest of, of the uh, tournament. So, I mean, that just speaks a lot to Jay. I'm very proud to be part of this, this place. Thanks, man. I think Tosa was like, hey, can I coach my own guy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess it should be known that like, we are sort of part of that whole. Uh, we're all sort of part of the same family, really. Grace of, uh, um, it's true, uh, you know. Like, uh, you know, after the match and, and talk. Of course, I'm, we're familiar with Alex because Roberto's academy is you know close to Alex's, and Alex had come to Boston Brazilian so many times to train, and so we knew each other well. Um, and of course, um, you know, uh, Tosa had come to the academy a number of times and trained with us when he was on the East Coast, so we're friendly. So it was, it was great to see those guys, their familiar faces, you know, believe it or not, they, re they remember us just as much as we remember them. Um, it was great also to spend some time with Leo Vera when wow. we were out there. Uh, Roberto, if you see this, Leo wanted me to tell you that he says hello. Uh, it, it was amazing like that. I mean, the, the, so the, the other thing that was different about this tournament is that they separated, so fans couldn't be next to the rings. I think only uh, black belts and coaches could kind of go into that area and literally just walking away. It's like, you know, the greatest place to be a fan. I'm like, there's Fabio Gurgel, there's both men's brothers, there's Carlson Gracie, Barrow Drys. Yeah, Salo's everywhere, Zanji is everywhere. It's like, uh, you know, 
when you're coaching against things, it's, like, it's almost like people are pointing from the stands, like, I see all these guys. Who's that motherfucker? I don't recognize him. Right. You know what I mean? One of these things is not like the other. You're not a jujitsu magazine. <laughs> what the hell are you doing out there? Right, right. Yeah. right. So, but it was I just, you know, outside of being a competitor, to be there as a fan, it was huge. I mean, we saw Kautera get lose for the first time. Bruno Malfacine choked the shit out of him. That's unbelievable. Yeah, Skittles that. came flying out of his mouth. It was crazy. One minute, 30 seconds. One minute and 30 seconds. You've seen the way Mopsteen's been training, man. He's an animal. Animal. He's an animal. This is awesome. Yep. Um, I watched, so I, then I wasted the whole weekend watching Jiu Jitsu, <laughs> by the way, after Friday. Killed Friday, and then I killed the whole weekend watching that. Um, it, it is a super inspiration. Super, I mean, you're watching it I was going, so fired oh, up, man. Wow, not, that's not that hard, of course. You know, it's never <laughs> that way when you actually do it. I know but, that technique. I yeah, but, that. but I do not understand. Like, for me, I saw my one of my heroes low, right? And I saw him just fall horribly at the end. And, and uh, I just remember thinking, just what is the problem, man? Like, get out. You just know, like, get out of that. Just get not, just <laughs> don't do let him do that. It's my own, uh, my own yeah, idiocy but thinking that way. But it's true. It's super inspiring to watch you guys go out. I actually watched your match there, too. And yeah. uh, you put it up there. What do, you, do, you remember, uh, do you remember going in there? I mean, everybody takes something different out of Competing, right? I mean, everybody competes for a different reason, right? I do it for the girls. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Be <laughs> single. This is an unedited podcast. <laughs> 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 Let's just throw that out. Listen, I'm, just, I'm just no kidding. Editing. Listen, <laughs> I didn't even say that. I saw. That Abe. was Abe said that. I Abe it. said that. Yeah, I, I do it. Abe's been talking a lot. Damn it, Abe. Actually, no, but I mean, like when you when you. Have you ever been on anything that big before? Uh, yes, I've done. I've been to Worlds last year. I've been to. I got invited down to Miami for the Five Grappling Invitational really? Championship. Yeah, I've been quite a few. Did you do Abu Dhabi uh, Abu Dhabi Trials or something? Yeah, too? I went up to Toronto a few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with your background, so it's yeah. great to hear. Yeah. So, I mean, you had a similar experience going out there. I mean, you kind of felt like it was handled really well. Mm-hmm. What was your, you know, what's some of the um, when I walked out there, I felt pretty good. I know I was going against someone who was really good. They're all really good out there. But, did, uh, did you know your opponent? No. Okay. But I knew the school he was coming from. Actually, a lot of he came from Leandro's school. I was like, oh, it's going to be a fun match. So Unity? Yeah. He's a Unity guy. But uh, yeah, I had a really exciting match. It was fun to watch. It was really fun to watch. Yeah. A lot of back and forth. The score didn't didn't look like it would be fun, but a lot of back and forth, a lot of scrambles, and he was really good. He took it, but I had a really good time. Yeah, I thought you really showed up the whole time there. I don't know, it's just, I don't know enough about it to say much more than that, but it looked... But, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're out there. I mean, did you get to meet anybody cool that you hadn't met before? Um, Any of that kind of stuff? What was one of your high points? Probably, I just like the whole environment. I love how there's so many people that love the same thing I do in one giant room, mm-hmm. and you can just talk to anyone about it, you know. It's, just, it's awesome having a bunch of potential friends. Like, they're all family, like I said. Like, they're all... Yeah. They all love you, too. You can all... Hang out. So you're competing this weekend now, right? Yes. Yeah, wow. Get going, right? Oh, yeah. Where are you, where are you competing this weekend? Going to a Cascudo State Championship. It's a small local tournament, but it's, my fa- it's one of my favorite ones. That's I actually great. started doing like cash prizes. I always meet the local, best local guys around. Where's that going to be? Milford, Mass. Great. And uh, when is that? What day? That is the 22nd, next Sunday. Oh, okay. So this will be out before then. So cool. So yeah. there you go. You can see uh, one of the, uh, the upcoming stars of the local Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu 
uh, scene here. You're still going to be in town next month, uh, yeah. 17th and 18th? Yes. The Boston Open? I'll be at Boston, for Sweet. sure. Cool. Yeah, and just saying, what, you know, following up what you were saying as far as like having so many people with the same mentality in one room, it's like, you know, you can go with these guys and roll with them, and then afterwards, like, you know, you hug, you embrace, because you, you've got the same mentality, like, you're on the same page, like, you're all there for the same reason, and it's just, it's such a great family, like, you know, it's, one of the guys that I competed against in, the, in my second match was in the stands right next to me, and, like, we wound up sitting next to each other for 45 minutes just talking, and, like, you know, everyone there is, like, of the same exact mentality, exactly like you said, Adam, and it's awesome to just hang out with all these people who you've never met before, but... They feel like family, you know? It's really cool. I've met, like, I feel like any tournament I've done, I've, after you compete with these guys, it's like they're your best buddies. Like, you know what I mean? You compete, and then, like, all of a sudden you're super tight after. I think uh, a lot of these type of fighting arts in general, <coughs> it can be pretty lonely the way, you know, you, there aren't that many people, at least in my life, that understand any of this kind of stuff. You know, that can really relate to it, right? And so, obviously, you know, you get a... You develop a relationship with all the guys that you train with because everybody's head's in the same space. Right. So I would, similar to what you guys are talking about, you go into the tournament, you're kind of re realizing, man, there's all these other people that are doing the same thing. Yeah, it's like it's like an extrapolation of that. I mean, it, you know, the the thing that makes jujitsu special is that you're you're able to get on the mat, slap hands. You know, there's nothing malicious about it, but you know, you're doing everything you can to submit that person. They're doing everything they can to submit you. And sometimes it's really uncomfortable. It doesn't feel that great. <laughs> really? And, it's not like you a know doctor. what I mean? But, but at the end of it, there's no hard feelings and you slap hands. Yeah. And you both leave the mat for the better of it. You know what I mean? You, you leave the mat knowing something that you didn't know before you got on. Mm -hmm. And that's what really is, is awesome about jujitsu because it's, First of all, it's super hard to learn. Like, not everybody can walk on the mat and learn jujitsu. Most people are going to quit either because of ego or because they, you know, they're, they, you know, they don't like to get beat or, um, you know, they don't like the tight, confined spaces. You know what I mean? They don't. They're they're not willing to get into it for the long haul and put in the work it takes. And when you get into like like these guys were saying, when you get into a room of a bunch of people that aren't going to quit, that can check their ego at the door. That really are into the like the things that jujitsu provides, like not only you know martial capability, but the camaraderie and the family and the, the kind of self knowledge of the whole thing. When you get a, a big stadium full of those people, you know it does kind of feel like they're all family because they all have the same love. You know what I mean? So it's awesome. Trevor, how long have you been doing martial arts? Uh, I've been training 17 years now. Woo wow. So what do you think, man? I mean, Trevor, purple belt, went there. One of the toughest dudes around went in, MMA fighter, you know, all kinds of martial arts, went out to the pants, competed at Purple Belt. How many, uh, how many have you trained in? Like you said, 17 years. Tell us what you're training. Uh, I started in an unsanctioned style, a mix of Taekwondo and Shotokan called American Freestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, I trained in that for a few years and then moved into Taekwondo. Um, I received a black belt in American Freestyle, unsanctioned, after about four years. And then uh, mostly striking. Uh, my Taekwondo days, I did Taekwondo for seven years. Um, I got the second degree, black in Taekwondo, and then I moved into, and in that time, I moved into Hapkido, which is another Korean art, joint locking, stand-up, throwing. Got the second degree in that. Uh, I did swordsmanship I've done for about a decade now, so three, maybe about three-quarters of the way to black belt. Um, and within those years, I got into Fairtex Thai boxing, studied Fairtex for about five years. Um, Got into catch wrestling, did catch for four years. I've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about seven now. 
So many years of training, uh, all these styles overlapping, training them all at the same time. How many um, MMA fights did you have? I had eight professional fights. Uh, I was 0-1 at 155, and then I was 4-3 at uh, 135 pounds. So you're 72 uh, years old. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 33. You know what uh, <laughs> I, I just squeaked into the top 10 in New England uh, at 135. Before you fought I had, some tough dudes to too, man. Pedro uh, Gonzalez. Pedro is still the number that one guy at tough. 135, uh, and I fought and lost to him. But we had a good match. I got caught in his best technique early, but he's an how animal. It goes some days. How big? How big is he like in real life? Pedro though? cuts from about 165 pounds to make 135. So he's a monster. Monster. Um, and I'm cutting from 145, you know, so I'm, I was definitely small for that weight class. But at the time, there was nobody in the 125, so it was 135 or nothing. Is it, is it true that you have a robotic eye? Is that true? I don't, uh, but since my detached retina a couple of years ago, I figure I'll wait 10 years and do another fight and they'll have robot eyes by then, so I can just don't Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? That is true. It's totally that true. That is definitely true. <laughs> I'm going to ask, is it true, did Jesus tap? He didn't tap, dude. <laughs> I, he didn't tap. Not, not aware of any submissions. Not aware of any taps. He didn't tap. It was, a, it was a Gracie tap. <laughs> it was the Ken Shamrock but tap. All, all, ghost all, tap. Ghost tap. <laughs> it was awesome going out there. Uh, I'm still learning how to compete in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's what I was going to ask you. How many, how many actual Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments have you been? I've probably done uh, maybe 10 or 12 at this yeah. point. But you know, all but two of them have been uh, you know, local type tournaments. Um, when I was fighting back in the day, I did, I did mostly no-gi work, so I was doing a lot of no-gi tournaments and stuff, and, you know, doing IBJJF in the gi is totally different than your local tournament, That's especially your what I was going to go after, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, did, I do well usually in my tournaments and stuff, but it's just a different format. I did do the Boston Open last year, but I lost my first match. Um, and like I said, at this point, I'm really just trying to learn how to compete, because it's different. You really have to game plan well, and you have to stick to a formula and, and roll with it. And that's essentially what I've taken away from it. I did win my first match, it was very close. Uh, I had great coaching from Jay and Mike Pellegrino. They were able to help me you know, stick to my game plan and that's really my being aggressive and sticking to the game plan is what carried me through. It was a tight match, both with a sweep and both with an advantage and I won a decision. Nice. Uh, my second match, it was, it was very close in the beginning. He was just, he had a very good daily heat game and I wasn't able to neutralize, and I wasn't able to generate a lot of offense. Uh, I was, so eventually he swept me, took my back, and he caught a choke, but uh, he was a very good competitor, and I've learned a lot. You know, you always, you always learn way more when you lose than when you win. Um, I mean, you do learn when you win, for sure, but it's much easier to learn when you lose because you just can look back and see those things you need to change, you know? Uh, but it was an amazing experience. Everybody, you know, competed great and carried their head high, and it was very nice. Nice. So, competition aside, this was also a road trip. Oh yeah. I'm interested in maybe uh, some of the highlights and lowlights of going out to the West Coast <laughs> from the East Coast. So, uh, not everybody who's listening is really interested in the intricacies of the Daily Eva. I particularly am, but maybe you can entertain some of the other ideas. I'll mention a, co I'll mention a couple things. This is an unedited awesome. podcast. Yeah, and then uh, you guys, I know as, as you see fit, you can, I, I, think it's, so. I'll, I think it's funny if you guys talk a little bit about the comedy of errors and the flight out there. That would be pretty funny. Oh, there was a flight involved? Oh. Yeah, there was a, there was a flight. There so was... 
There was actually several flights. There was supposed to be there a was, flight. Yeah, there was a mystery flight. Actually, I should say there's supposed to be passengers. Yeah. <laughs> Could yeah. someone explain to me what's going on? I got there just so the, so the morning that we're heading out there, uh, you know, Al over there, he... Uh, he You're not going to throw him under the bus, right? He, okay. he organizes... Uh, you know, basically transportation for us. Oh, that's nice, Al. Yeah, no, it was what really great. Do? It was great. The only issue is that uh, Al thought the flight was at 8.30 in the morning instead of 7.30. Oh, <laughs> no! So no, we missed no. the first flight. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we had to catch a different flight. Where were you flying out of? Uh, we were flying out of uh, Logan, oh, Logan Boston. Okay. Nice so, direct flight to LA. Yeah, so we showed up. <laughs> We showed up in LA about I don't know maybe eight hours later than we were supposed to. So, so got us there. Man, we were much later in the day arriving. So we, you know, we were on the plane, free Wi-Fi with JetBlue, seeing that, that Jay is out there enjoying his fucking Aussie bowls and shit, <laughs> going out getting food, and I'm just a miserable sea on this plane, just tired, and just being a cranky little cunt. <laughs> So, luckily, there you go. You're trying to do a nice thing. So, <laughs> what happened, Al? What yeah. happened? Damn. No, that's screwed up the flight. He's <laughs> like, no, I got nothing. <laughs> but I took the bullet. I sat in the front seat of the cab from the airport to Irvine. Oh, oh wow. and, and you had a nice. and you had a middle seat. Yeah. You oh. were supposed to have a, an yeah. aisle seat, and you get stuck with a, uh. a middle seat next to next to Tyler and some stranger that he didn't know. But the stranger was under 300 pounds, so he lucked out there. Yeah. Barely? Is that like a technicality because he didn't wear a belt that day? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that I'm glad that I flew on my own. And I set up <laughs> Me too. I caught the original flight I was supposed to, went up, uh, landed about the same time as Pell, uh, got together with uh, Chris Page, another uh, Boston Brazilian black belt. Yep. Uh, super now, how, stud grappler. How nasty yeah. is he? I mean, you, I've heard rumors about the nastiness. Ah, uh, you could go see the videos of uh, of him tearing Rick McCauley a new asshole. Uh, like, you know what I mean? There's videos out, like very short matches. He did some UFC Expo stuff. I mean, he's. You ask the you know the local grapplers, all the tough guys, you know the, the black belts from Boston or Matt's PJJ guys like Jimmy Quinlan or Dan Similar. You ask them about Chris Page, and they'll tell you all kinds of stuff, and just hope that he's not in their bracket because <laughs> he's also known as uh, Pag Stepano or Pagzilla, uh, just a uh, you know uh, just a beast grappler, super technical, uh, big, strong, really talented guy. Um, you know, it was great to go out there and hang out with him because both Pell and Pags and I and Medina, we all got our black belt at the same time. So with him living out there, it was, it was a reason to get together, grab some food. Um, now, I've seen you and Pellegrino in action. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like I know a, what to expect. Yeah, it's Pell like Pellegrino is a, a fellow black belt. plus year old married couple <laughs> that are about to get divorced. Right. Like, like, like every other moment I'm with Pell. It's like me arguing with a beak. I like I can't get on either side of it. I'm just uh... <laughs> wow. Not here to defend himself. Go for it. No, Which is the perfect time. Right. For <laughs> but so why don't we go ahead and change the subject then? How about five star? How was the training there, dude? Uh, so super cool. We went to go train with uh, at Sean Williams Academy. Welcomed us in with open arms. Uh, just we had. I think we had an amazing you know time training there. The guys were super great to roll with. <laughs> Real technical guys. There was a room full of people that were looking to compete, but everybody was super cool. Um, I would expect nothing else, nothing less from from Sean's academy because he's a super cool guy. 
you know, one of the best American competitors ever at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so super talented. And uh, his guys were technical, very cool, welcoming on the mat. I thought we had a great experience yeah, there. Yeah, agreed 100%. It was fantastic. It was really nice to go there, get a bunch of people on the mat, and, you know, do different drilling than we normally do. It was cool, you know. Yeah. Very Al, technical, very good time. Al, did you go train? Yeah, I did. What was that experience like for you? Uh, it was very different, obviously, because this is the only place I've ever trained in, but uh, it was a great experience, and, and like the guy said, there were drills, you know, I had never seen before. Did it seem like, you know, you were just on alien land? Did you feel like it? No, no I, I was still very comfortable, I thought. Awesome. But also, the only thing I had trouble with was the uh, backward bear walk or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I it was a drill. You, you should try with your clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam, you went and trained. I know you did a Gianni Grippo seminar. What? You trained. Did you train with Joel Tudor? Did you yep. get to train? Yeah. Yeah, I missed. I visited uh, Studio Five Forty on Solana Beach, and I gotta say, it's beautiful gym. Yeah. Beautiful gym. They will. They welcomed me in there, and I just, I hung out all day. Well, my. My friend was at work, and I just chilled on the couch, watched TV, train, go back, go get a acai bowl, go train again. Nice. They had an Xbox, giant uh, <laughs> men's locker room, nice, like luxurious. That's all I can say. It's like luxurious and awesome instructors. I got to train with Majid Hage, the baseball nice. bat choke yeah. expert there, and um, then uh, yeah, seminar the next day, Gianni Grippo, and so technical. Learned a lot from him. Awesome time there. What what technique did he go over? Went over some. Uh, Inverted Del Hiva to like a single leg X and then he turns it into like a waiter sweep from deep half and it just took me a while to get it but I ended up hitting the white dog stuff. Why, why, why would it take so long to I get actually it? Hit it? I hit the move of the day in the roll. In the roll. In the roll. In the roll. Double points. So double points for that. That was nice of that. I've been using it a lot lately. I like it a lot. He turned out he ended up winning Pan Ams. Yeah, yeah he won he the good. He's a super tough guy. Yeah, I got the roll with he I got the roll with him play King of the Guard and that guard is, yeah. So you know what, you bring up King of the Guard. Now here's the question everybody wants to know. What, what happened to you, Jay, in your life that made you, that made this King of the Guard thing it's the way my, that it is? It's one of my favorite jujitsu games. Um, uh, you know, coming up in Boston. Um, I mean, you know, we're known for, for 45 minute <laughs> Standard Come King on. of the Guard set. Tonight was short. I was only a half hour. I mean, I, I was blown away. It's a, uh, a, you know, it's, it's something we did in Boston a lot back in the day. And, you know, because of that, guys had, you know, I felt like had really technical guards and they were able to defend their guards and be active from their guard. And it was just a game that I'm, I've played my entire jujitsu career, like playing King of the Guard as a way to get warmed up. And uh, I just love it. I have a hard time getting away from it and do more standardized warm-ups. You know, sometimes we do, you know, the shrimping and the, that kind of stuff. But King of the Guard, we do takedowns in the beginning. Some, we're going to vary it up a whole lot more. But I really, I love King of the Guard. I think it's a ton of fun. You were gone, and you had Jimmy Quinlan come teach. Yeah. And we're talking, he's asking me, like, oh, you know, what should I do? What, what? He's like, does Jay still do King of the Guard? Like, <laughs> He's like, I miss that so much, man. Like, <laughs> and so we did King of the Guard again. I was like, man, Jay didn't even leave. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I love King of the Guard. I just wanted to know, like, you know, what time? Uh, if he was, like, touched as a child? Yeah, you know, like, what, what, what do you happened? Mean, what do you mean by that? What happened during a King of the Guard episode as a, as a young white belt that made you... You know, the way you are today. I don't know. Was it wasn't wasn't that fun as a white belt, I'll tell you that much. I mean it was still fun, but you know, it's getting your slots kicked in every day. 
like Pat Barbieri and Nate Ryan and I gotta say, yeah, both Florians. One of the things that I really dig about KMBR, maybe it's just me, is it's one of the only times during the class where you can watch what everyone else is doing. And so I'm learning when I'm looking out over the class. I'm learning from you know, let's say, there's five sets out, right? I'm looking at ten guys going, right? Normally when we're practicing, I'm just dealing with the guy in front of me. That's obviously an important thing, but I do really like that because there's a Obviously, there's too many people to be playing King of the Card at one time, which means there's a certain number of people on the wall. When you're on the wall, you're looking out and going, that's where that guy fucked up. That's where that really worked. Wow, I never saw that happen. You can see things string together. So I'm going to defend that. That said, sometimes it sucks being you know, just continually denied a spot over get, and over maybe again. Maybe should get better at passing. <laughs> Every now and then, I get to stay out. It's all good. You know what the thing Depends is? who comes. You know, we talked about a lot of things that we that, that we think we might want to you know do moving forward. And there's some other things I think we got to bring the mobility matrix back. Oh, oh, dude, I've been, no, no, no. I've, been, I've been holding on to the mobility matrix. <laughs> I go to some of these guys, but this guy's always. Classes. Yeah. You should see us doing the mobility always. matrix. You're on it. On yeah. We're just, we're just, we're just missing all the moves. Now. You just do the whole thing, and then you're like, okay. I do not. I got a new one too. I do a mobility matrix and I do this one. I, drew, I ripped off a Keenan Cornelius, uh, like an open guard drill. It was really good. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. Every. every uh, oh, is that. Did what? I recently see that? Maybe. The Keenan Cornelius one? Maybe. It's good, man. You start like. Uh, start spider and then you go leg lasso and then you go daily heva and then you go sit up and then yep. you go reverse daily heva back Very to spider. I do that every every Wednesday. We've been uh, we've been doing mobility matrix. Oh yes, yeah, all day. I love it. Um, so we were not really supposed to talk about this, but I love hearing stories about the early days of Boston BJJ with Kenny Florian and Pat Barbieri, the human sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah, we got about ten minutes here. Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah. so Jay, man, was back in the early days of Boston BJJ. Let's let's set it up. I mean, this is the first time we've done this podcast, so. When did you actually start jujitsu? Oh, we don't have to start from the whole beginning, but generally speaking, give us a timeline here. It's been longer than I like. I even care to admit, but I think it's been like uh, sixteen years or something. And there was professional wrestling involved, right? What wasn't there Excuse professional me? wrestling? Oh involved? yeah, that's a There was Wait, Royal, Royal Rumble all the time. Divide no, the, somebody, everyone in the uh, academy into, into no, miles. Even before well, that, didn't somebody teach you that like had affiliation with like some professional wrestler? Well, uh, yeah. So. Uh, Greg, Greg <laughs> All of a sudden, you're not joking anymore, no, man. No, before UFC, before UFC <laughs> one, know. Greg Dekoff, who was a police officer in the town that I lived in, uh, taught me and a couple of the uh, troublemaking kids in in uh, in town. You know, uh, taught us some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, he had been out, you know, in, the, in California and learned directly from the Gracies at the time. So I knew how to do. Arm bar from the bottom and triangle choke and kimura top and bottom and some and some sweeps and stuff before anybody knew who Hoist Gracie was. This is pre UFC, is what you're getting. Pre UFC, yeah. Yeah. So UFC starts and you're like, I know that, I know that, I know that. Yeah. Where did that come from? How did the guy know it in the first place? Um, so he had trained with uh, with Horian and Hickson out on out in California. Oh, okay. Um, so he a number of years before that and. Uh, so I, I got my early dose of that. I was really addicted right away. And when I found Roberto, went and trained there, and it was like, wow, I know some jujitsu, but I totally got my ass kicked like by everybody in the entire academy. I mean, but that was, 
so like I, when I watch the, the videos that I see of, of Boston Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, it's like all you can tell the time is by based on the location, they've moved around a couple of times in Boston, that you guys, I don't know if you saw, someone posted a video of like almost an entire class. Hmm. That was the downstairs in Watertown. That's when I first started training there. And uh, Ken, oh boy, that's like 2000, somewhere around there, 1999, 2000, like right around when I graduated college. And um, Kenny and Keith were purple belts. I think Pat had just gotten his brown belt. Um, Nate was a blue belt at the time. I think he got his purple belt shortly after that, but he's a blue belt. And um, Nate Ryan, the Nate Ryan, Ryan. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, Pat Barbieri was Roberto's first black belt, and uh, Nate Ryan um, was another one of Roberto's black belts well before um, we got promoted. So at that time, it was, it, it was, you had to really want to be there to learn because there's a lot of tough guys, a lot of guys that were competitors. There's this room off to the side of the academy. Was, we all called it the red room. And boy, I got my fucking ass kicked so many times in that red room. I was like, hey, whenever you want to grab extra rolls after class, you go in the red room. No windows in the red room. <laughs> one door to the red room. Like if you were taking class, you couldn't see what was going on. It's like Thunderdome. Yeah, it was like Thunderdome. Man, two men enter. Yeah, one man leave. You know if you if you need to learn more jujitsu before you train in the red room. Right. It was like invitation only. Yeah, and if if for any of you guys that that, that haven't you know if you're listening to this and you're wondering who some of these names are, it's like obviously you guys know Kenny Florian, you know from his UFC fame and. Um, his brother Keith, and but Pat Barbieri is like, you know, everybody that rolls with Pat is like that guy's world level talent. You know, Nasty. he's just super talented guy. Yeah, he's the antidote. Whatever game you got, Pat can beat it. And, Whatever escape uh, you think you got, he's already waiting for you at the other side. Yeah, and Roberto made all these guys. You know what I mean? He came, uh, you know, came here and started uh, Boston Brazilian. You know, I don't even know how many years ago. Right around. Um, maybe 88 or 90 or so. Um, he's Henzo's cousin. He, you know, took us all under his wing, you know, from those very early guys to the students he has today. And, you know, there would be no Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu without Roberto. You know, uh, not only is he, you know, super talented, you know, fifth degree black belt, um, you know, one of the highest ranked Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys you're going to find, but um, he's one of the most generous guys and he's one of the best friends I have on this planet because not only did he share jujitsu, but he took everybody under his wing. It's like if you were having a tough month and you, you know, you're like, Roberto, can I sweep the mats or something like that? He'd give you the shirt off his back and the food off his table. Mm. And uh, really everybody that, you know, that trains at either Port City or Mass BJJ or any of the Boston Brazilian affiliates, like we owe it all to Roberto because he, first of all, he brought you know, uh, jiu-jitsu straight from Gracie Baja to Boston, Massachusetts. And two, you know, he's had the, you know, he's had, <coughs> he's loved it so much that he's stuck, stuck with it all these years so that everybody that's on this podcast and we're all talking about, I have the ability to know Roberto and go and train with Roberto and hang out with him. Um, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to me anyway. Because this, ac this academy is bigger yeah. than these four walls, right? So, right. so Jay, back to... Uh, the Pan Am, so Steve, uh, Tadashi, uh, Mike, how do they all fit into that? Well, that's, a, that's a good question. So Steve Medina, Tadashi Takashima, um, Mike Pellegrino, and I all got our black belts together. And uh, this from was Roberto. From, from Roberto, yeah. And it was cool because, 
back in the day when we were blue belts, purple belts, brown belts, we were going out to the Pan Ams every year and, and, and competing together. And so this year was like that. Um, you know, uh, Pellegrino was too much of a pussy to compete. But <laughs> right. What, what happened to his... He couldn't roll, but yeah, I see rolling um, I think there was uh, something about strings, and I, I don't really know what the problem was, but... Something got lodged in there, right? Something got lodged in there. Sand? Sand. There sand? sand. I think it was sand. Yeah, sand. Sand. <laughs> it happens. But, uh, so Medina went out there and, you know, so it was like old times going out there and competing with those guys. Medina took home the bronze medal, even though in his he first got, match, yeah, he got, he got hurt pretty bad in his first match, but kept fighting anyway and uh, went home with the bronze. We had a good time that night, though, I'll tell you. I remember some of it. Ooh. Remember In-N-Out Burger? Oh yeah, you guys had a pretty fun, pretty epic, pretty epic, epic picture from In and Out there that uh, I saw on the Facebooks there. <laughs> on the Facebooks? On yeah, the Facebooks? Yeah, on the Facebooks? <laughs> on the internets? I did. <laughs> on the, did the Google machine? I did. If you look, uh, is it Tadashi? I don't know this man yet. I haven't met him before. Tad, oh, yeah. Tad, yeah. His 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 look looking Tad across awesome. at you guys at the. At the, the majesty of what you were about to devour <laughs> is like, what the hell is wrong with you dudes? It was great. <laughs> great uh, picture. My buddy Adam, you guys know my buddy Adam, he's come here to train yeah. a couple times. Back in the day, I brought him to Boston, Brazilian to train. <laughs> we, get, we get in the car after training. And I couldn't really see hat on him. Like, Adam, did you have fun? Kind of had to be there, but he took off his hat and he looked at me, looked me right in the eye. And he had like Matt Burn all over his face. <laughs> and he was like, Jay, I got my ass kicked by a 130 pound Japanese guy. <laughs> like just red streaks all over his face. He looked like a leper. And I was like, what the fuck happened to you? And it was just revenge of Tadashi. Uh, he's yeah. an awesome man. He is awesome. He's a little tiny awesome dude. He's a little Japanese bag of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steeped in awesome. He didn't seem to step up at the uh, up at the up. He didn't step up at the in and out like you guys did there in that picture there. But dude, he's, I'll, I'll he's eating this. healthy. Yeah. Tadashi's eating healthy, so he yeah. he uh, he caught his own wish. The in and out. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I compete at uh, the Masters World, you know, so I gotta eat healthy, you know? Maybe it's like, maybe I'll be like 125 or something, you know? Maybe I eat in and out on the moon. <laughs> Space jiu-jitsu. Can you eat in and out burger on the moon in zero-gravity environment? Space jiu-jitsu. Right I'll tell you one thing, though, right? That, that Roberto Meyer black belt group, you could just tell there's a special bond. I don't know, you guys... You guys yeah, well, it just it doesn't get much time. You, you could definitely tell they've spent a lot of time naked with each other. Especially when they're all too comfortable. They're taking pictures of them sharing a pillow in the same bed. Yeah. You asked so you asked the question about pags like oh it's, you know oh, man I've how, heard so I this guy saw the video this year that it took Pell and I both to pin him down and we had him under control and I'm like pags I'm gonna let you go in like three seconds and I but here's Mike going no no Jay no don't what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> and so I let go of pags and Pell just literally cowers and lays down on the ground. The, aforeman ah. the aforementioned vaginosis. And then, uh, and Pags just goes down and cradles him off the ground. Yeah, like, like he's a turkey, a watermelon, or just like a large burlap sack of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and picks him up like this and literally throws Pell up over his head and onto the bed. Like a massive suplex, but through him overhead. 
Pell is not a small dude. I mean, no. he's not huge, but he's not. He's, he's, not, he's, he's not 120. He's got a gigantic nose. Let's not. We can't get like I can't get past that snot locker. That thing is enormous. Proboscis. Like you could hide a Thanksgiving turkey in there. Did you guys used to call it's him Toucan Sam? Yes. Oh yes. man. I think Tanashi put that on the internet too. It's like when the toucan. <laughs> big and when the toucan and Big Bird go west, so do I. Hey George, you want to see if you can finish one of these up? Sure. Thank everybody. Thank you everyone. It's been real. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys all. You guys seriously all inspired the hell out of me. Like I watched you guys and I was so fucking fired up, man. I was like, what am I doing here? Sitting in Dover. I yeah. should be there. Yeah, you should have been there. You should. And next, next year, year I will be there. I will be this is the, recorded. This is I'm gonna video be there. evidence. I'm gonna be at the friggin' Masters Worlds. Vegas. You're gonna do it in September. I'm, nice. going. I'm going. Hey, great. George, don't forget to thank your sponsors, man. Don't forget about them. You gotta, you gotta I, talk to I, I, the people. I was about to help him there. To the people. Yeah. Do you want me to do that? Abe, thank you. Thank you for making such <laughs> fine you. crafted kimonos. How'd you feel, Abe, to have those kimonos, crashed kimonos, represented? It was. It was really cool. It was especially when your your fight came on and just to actually see it. Yeah. On the, on the, Abe, how long screen. how long ago did you start uh, crash kimonos? What's that? How long ago? 2011. 11. So a couple of years, yeah. right? How many, uh, oh, there you go, 2011, right? Does it, oh, look. I'm actually wearing one of, uh, one of uh, Abe's right now. I got my flawless victory today. Oh, uh, you won something? No, no, no. I just bought one of these keys. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> you won something. It has a nice tortuga patch. It's got, it, it's kind of half bamboo and half regular. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so <laughs> Duncan, the question, are you going to be out at the Pan Ams next year? Pan Ams, I don't know, man. Maybe. I'm thinking about Masters the uh, Masters Worlds. Oh, yeah. Can I be really honest and direct? I yeah. think it would be cool. I'd like to do it. Um, I've certainly you know, competed in a different martial art in the past. I, I kind of feel like if I'm going to do it, I'd like to do it really well. So I'd have to dedicate a good, good amount of training time. So it kind of depends on where my business is at the time. If it is, though, problem was, Masters 5, middle... Two dudes. So I would have gone out and I would have, I could have just showed up and taken shit on the mat and won bronze. So I'm not sure if it's kind of the, the I don't best think that, way of I don't, I don't know if they, they allow that. I, I think, think that's against the rules. Shit on the yeah. mat. No. <laughs> Fuck you, Carlos. And, uh, can I have my yeah. bronze medal now? Well, I mean, that's Wipe kind of the point. Is, I, that's what I'm thinking. I was like, yeah, we can test the theory. We can test the theory. Go out there and if you, you like actually do that. just shit on the mat. But yeah, uh, maybe uh, maybe Vegas in September. But, I mean, that's going to be a bigger uh, bigger situation. And it's, in, and it's in Vegas. So if... yeah. Gosh, I think about Irvine, <laughs> and then I say, okay, let's, a nice taco. what will that be like in uh, Vegas? Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, yeah. So I, yeah. <laughs> By the way, Ron, in the desert. Yep. You, you see Irvine, <laughs> like it's nowhere near San Diego. Diego. It's like 90 miles away. Yeah. Next yeah, to, it it's drive. next to LA. I stayed whole, whole in San Diego, city. it was a long drive. I'm sorry, I knew a couple of people went and flew in and stayed in San Diego, so I just completely never looked it up. You're, you're mentioning that only because I, I wrote something on the uh, face on the Facebooks uh, making fun of uh, Donald not getting fucking space food or something. Some bullshit powder shit. I tried to get us a flight there, but right, 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 we were stuck inside a yeah. fucking gymnasium no, I, I, I understand. for eight hours right, a day. Right. And by the way, I was eating good to go. Dehydrated natural food, <laughs> like, which, has, which, which, which <laughs> has absolutely no chemicals in it. It's made entirely with all food, 
and it's delicious. So does a bag of nuts, but... Oh, what? you have no idea. Like, I have never traveled with anybody that was as prepared for, like, oh, no. a disaster <laughs> as Donald. Donald had, like, he could have eaten for months. Listen, yeah. He brought a fucking Bunsen burner out there. He was making coffee in the room in the morning. The reason why I'm making fun of Donald is because I'm jealous. I love that shit. I mean, like, if I go, we go camping, like, we go fucking... Hike Mount Major, and I'm taking like 20 things in my pack so we can like cook and shit at the top. It's like fucking 20 minutes up. Yeah, no, it was actually, I was, I was I, blown away. I, thought I also good. brought a sleeping pad in case we didn't have enough beds, which came in handy the last day cause because I slept on the fucking floor. <laughs> Alright, listen, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Let's actually do a freshly. We should thank Tortuga Soap yeah, Company, Tortuga thank you very much. Soap. And uh, Crash Kimonos, yeah. and of course, Port City Brazilian Port Jiu Jitsu City. in beautiful Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Just a couple miles from the beach. I'd yep. also like to thank the king of Instagram, Donald, for putting such great Instagram photos on. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You're in your mind. Thank you. So uh, you, you need guys a, you do need it again? Yeah, you need a you need a catchphrase to finish the thing with. Ooh, catch you're on the spots. Protect your neck, bitches. Oh, jeez. Okay, no, there nice. you go. Very nice. <laughs> Protect your neck. Thank you.